Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast as we count down to the big 2022-23 Scottish Premiership kickoff. Rangers get their campaign underway as they did last year against Livingston, but there'll be no unfurling of the league flag as there was at Ibrox 12 months ago. Instead, the Light Blues head across the M8 to West Lothian to take on Davy Martindale's lines. Two men who will be at the Tony Macaroni Arena are the Daily Records Andy Newport and Scott McDermott, Chief Football Writer for the Sunday Mail to bring you every kick from the big game. I'm Gavin Berry. I'm de- delighted to say I'm joined by Andy and Scott. Guys, it's hard to believe that we stood on the steps of Hamden doing one of our videos uh, for the Scottish Cup final. Uh, seems so long ago, doesn't it? <laughs> Certainly does. Oh, lots happened since then. That's what I was going to say. I mean, where did we even start? But you've had a well-earned break because you knock your pan in on these podcasts <laughs> all season. So we like to give you a break, but we're back with a bang. So we'll try and make this a regular thing on a Wednesday, depending on fixtures, of course. Um, hopefully the Rangers will be in the Champions League, so we might alternate it. Um, but we'll try and catch up every week, or we will catch up, aim to catch up every week. But how's your summer's been good? Long, yeah. Uh, only just got away last week, so before mm-hmm. that, I had a, a month or so of trying to fill the paper every day. So it's been it's been a, a long, a long summer, but glad to get back in here, back into the, the proper stuff now, uh, starting this week and then uh, next week, obviously in Belgium as well. Right, never mind your summer, summer, <laughs> summer up, summer up, Rangers summer for us. First of all, what do you think? Seven in? Yeah, I mean it was obviously. Took a wee bit of uh, time to get going, Gav. Um, it was a wee bit of angst uh, about the place. Um, obviously, it took a, a, a week or so to get the Colac deal done. But once that got over the line, it just seemed to be a sort of snowball effect from there. There's been signings every few days. And I think what's been encouraging for the range of support is, is the quality of the signings. Um, you look at Ben Davies. You know, getting a guy for Liverpool, he didn't really play much there, I don't think he played at all, but you know, he was really high, highly rated. You know, Celtic were after him uh, when he went there. Um, Matondo looks like a really encouraging prospect, you know, so fast. Um, looks like he's got an end product too, which has been something that Rangers have sort of lacked in that wide right uh, position. Um, if they can get somebody who's chipping in with goals and assists, that'll be a, a huge uh, asset to Gio Van Bronckhurst. And then you know, like, like Tillman from, from Bayern Munich, you know, looks an interesting one. And obviously having the option to buy is uh, another big uh, bonus for the club if he turns out to be as exciting as, as they seem to think he is. And then Yilmaz as well from, from Besiktas, who looks looks again to be somebody with a lot of potential and just sort of walks into this. They seem to be making the right kind of moves on paper yeah we need to see how it goes but on paper it looks like they're making the right kind of moves to to get the most out of this player trading model that they're obviously wanting to to, to follow and you know so far this summer you know you, you get guys you sell them at the right price in terms of Aribo and, and Bassi you sell them at the right time uh, you make the most of it you're going to get obviously Bassi was out of, uh, Aribo was out of contract next summer but in terms of Bassi selling him now when he's you, know, you imagine his his value was his, uh, at its peak, and then reinvesting that in the squad that has to be the way the Rangers operate. So I think you know all concerned that Ibrox will be feeling quite you know encouraged and excited about the way the summer has gone so far. 
Ross Wilson sitting rubbing his hands, Andy, yeah, after all that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, to get, you know, 20 million quid up front for Bassey, you know, another 6 million for Aribo, a couple of million or whatever it was for um, for uh, Cedric Kitten as well. I mean, you know, just getting this money into the coffers, you know, it takes the pressure off the investors, yeah. uh, the board who have had to, you know, really... You know, dig deep at times over the last ten years to make sure that this club um, continues to to get back to where they feel they belong. So, the fact that, that now the club seems to be, you know, generating its own revenue, significant sums came in through obviously the European run last year. They're now selling players and making money, reinvesting it and buying guys that they'll hope will have a, a resale. And then if you know if they can, I think it's significant as well that they've also done this. In plenty of time ahead of the Champions League qualifiers, they haven't made the mistake that they sort of made last year or that Celtic have made in previous years and, and waiting to see, taking the gamble, or do we get through the qualifiers, then we'll splash out. I mean, it's, you can say that's a, a risk in itself, but yeah. I think it'll, that, will, that will please Gio Van Bronckhorst. He knows he's got all the tools now to, to get the club to the Champions League. Um, puts a bit of pressure on him in that sense, you know. He's, there's no excuses. He's he's asked for players. He's he's been given them, but you know I think uh, I think Rangers uh, the Rangers supporters should be fairly encouraged by what they've seen over the last few weeks. And that's the thing, Scott. Andy's touched on it, and for long enough, Rangers have looked to get this player trading model um, functioning. It looks to be that you know certainly on paper there is good business, but ultimately you know they need success on the park. Do you think Rangers are stronger? They lost the league by four points last season. Um, are they stronger for it? Because we have, I mean, we've, we've talked about the seven guys incoming. That's all great. Bassi and Aribo have gone. How big a loss are they going to be? Oh, they're a big loss, Gav. But, I mean, I don't think we can really say for certain whether they're stronger or weaker until we see how these new, how these new signings bed in. I mean, it's... It's all right, me and Andy saying Tom Lawrence looks great and Yilmaz mm. looks great. I mean, we need to we need to see them. Um, listen, on paper, losing Cedric Itton and getting Antonio Cholak in looks like an upgrade, so it looks like they're going to be stronger there. Mm. Um, Bassey is obviously a massive, massive loss, but they've effectively got two players in, in Davies and, mm. and Yilmaz to cover that kind of left centre-back left back, left wing back, you know, all, all of those roles. And again, they look they look like good acquisitions. You no, know, we need to see again how they settle in, how ready they are for what's what's expected of you at Rangers. And in terms of Aribo, I suppose Lawrence for me would be his kind of direct replacement as that kind of creative attacking midfielder. Um totally different players. But I actually think Lawrence I think he's actually shown, even in a couple of games, a couple of friendly games, I think he'll probably provide more goals than, than Aribo. He might actually get more more numbers, as I say, a different type of player. But Van Bronckhorst looks as if he's going to, he wants to play with a, with a number 10 or somebody going and supporting the striker and arriving late in the box. And we all know those are the qualities that, that Tom Lawrence has got. We've seen it at Derby. He's already shown it here. He's... His goal against uh, his goal against West Ham, and obviously, Andy mentioned Matondo. I mean, that's probably the one position 
where every Rangers fan was saying, probably been saying for the last two or three seasons actually, that they needed somebody to play in that, that right side of the attack. No really had a natural there probably since Daniel Kandias tried loads of different options there. More recently, obviously, Scott Wright has filled in there and, and no, done a good job, but Matondo looks as if he's the guy that's been brought in to fill that role, so they're certainly you know, they've strengthened in that area of the pitch. So I think you know, in terms of strength strength and depth of the squad, they look stronger, but there's no getting away from the fact Bassi and Aribo no, are huge players. Certainly Bassi in the last kind of, six to ten months has been massive for them. No, he's many match in the Europa League final. Aribo played a big part in winning the title eh, the season previous, so there'll be big losses, but as Andy says, Gio has been given given the funds to go and get replacements in, and only time will tell whether these guys are, are good enough. Andy, I think back to the summer of 2009, I remember it because I went on the pre-season, Al McGregor didn't uh, finish well, remember he missed the run in two seasons. Um, the first one uh, going to the UEFA Cup final in 2008. He picked up an injury towards the end. Neil Alexander came in, did nothing wrong. The following season, Al McGregor started again and then missed it, the run in um, to do with Boosgate when he was dropped by the club. And going into that summer, I remember it was between him and Neil Alexander and Walter Smith was alternating them during pre-season and you didn't know who was going to start the season between the sticks until the very first game of the season. And it was Alan McGregor that started against Falkirk. I think it was Falkirk. And that was basically the day that all was revealed. And Walter Smith was asked about it and basically said, I picked a better keeper and that was it. Everybody else had made a, kind of, a big deal out of it. And Walter typically just said, he's a better goalie. So what do you think? John McLaughlin says... He still hasn't been told. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst says he's he's keeping everybody guessing. Who will start the season as number one? I think I, I tend to think it might be McLaughlin. I've just written a piece for tomorrow's paper there um, mm-hmm. about this, and I I, I I think when you look at it, what does an Angels goalkeeper need to do, especially mm-hmm. in domestic games? He's come off his line and uh, take crosses and needs to be you know useful with the ball at his feet you know in terms of starting attacks and building out from the back and then those two fronts i think that's where mclaughlin's get the edge there's absolutely no doubt that alan mcgregor is a better shop stopper of the, mm-hmm. of the two you know he's built his career on making these incredible you know you know Belief-defying saves, you know. You, you think back to some of the stops last season, the stops the year before when they won the league. You were the Bremen. Um, I just don't think John McLaughlin is capable of. But for what Rangers need, especially in games domestically, where they're going to dominate the ball, where they're going to have all the possession, where you know attacks are going to be few and far between from the opposition. I think John McLaughlin maybe fits that remit better, especially if Alan McGregor. Another year older, we've spoken plenty of times about the mistakes he made last year, um, Mm -hmm. much as they were maybe only two or three, but they were costly. Um, You know, made a a, had a big say in the eventual destination of the title. Um, If you ask me who's the better goalkeeper, I still think it's Alan McGregor, but I I think in terms of what Rangers are going to need domestically next season, Mm -hmm. I 
think it you might see I think you'll certainly see a lot more of John McLaughlin. Whether or not he's number one, whether or not it's they have a fifty fifty split. Um I think that still will be decided, but I think you'll certainly see a lot more of John McLaughlin next season. Do you think then, Scott, that you know, during those contract negotiations that do you think Alan McGregor would have continued without believing that he was going to be number one? I mean, do you think he's going to hang around? Do you, do you imagine a um, conversation taking place I, where he's told? I, I don't think he would have hung around, Gav, if he thought he wasn't going to play any games and he was going to be you know, second string, only called upon when needed. I, I think Alan McGregor knew when he signed that deal that he was going to still have a no, a significant part to play for Rangers this season. I'm not saying that's going to be every game, but I certainly think he'll get games. And I, I tend to disagree with Andy. I, I take all his points on board, but I, I've got a feeling McGregor's going to start on Saturday. Um, I think Gio, I think Gio might have picked his team for the Spurs game with with Saturday in mind, and obviously yeah. he went with he went with McGregor. Um, Listen, I, I'm a big fan of Alan McGregor, and I don't, I don't get a lot of the criticism that I see online for, for fans. I understand he's not the keeper that he was, you know, mm -hmm. maybe five, six years ago or, or before. And I also I get the fact that there was some, you we know, made a couple of mistakes last season. And mm -hmm. my personal opinion is that Rangers should have actually went and signed a goalkeeper that, mm -hmm. this summer. I thought yeah. the time was, I thought the time was right. For Rangers to go and get spend money on a, a 27, 28 year old goalkeeper, you know, that could be there for the next five to ten years. Um they've took a bit of a gamble by not doing that. They've obviously spent funds elsewhere. Geo has clearly looked at it and thought, I've got two really experienced, good goalkeepers here, so let's let's go with them. Only time will tell whether that's been the right right decision, but in terms of John McLaughlin, I, I see John McLaughlin as a very decent, very decent backup keeper. I, I understand he's probably better with the ball at his feet than, than Alan McGregor, but I've not seen anything in John McLaughlin's career to tell me that, no. that he makes big game-defining saves. Um, I mean, I, I keep I keep seeing fans saying McLaughlin's proved that he can. No, he yeah. can do. I, I, yeah. Show me the show me the big saves that he's made. No, show me the the big games where he's he's really came to the fore. And I get if he's maybe not had an opportunity in a lot of a lot of big games, but I don't know. I just think overall for me, Alan McGregor is and always will be the better the better goalkeeper. And as you said right at the start with Walter Smith, you get into yeah. a season, you pick a team, you pick your best keeper, the guy that's going to make big saves. And for me, that's that's McGregor. I do. Uh, don't get me wrong, Scott. I, I do agree with you. Um, I still think when it comes to old firm games or you know big uh, European games, I still think he will be going uh, with Alan McGregor because I do think he is the better goalkeeper of the two. Is he's, he's the, the nature of those games will, will require your goalkeeper to pull off big saves, and and to do that you need Alan McGregor. But I just think when it comes to domestic games, when you know they're not going to be that busy, and there's going to be other aspects of goalkeeping that are going to be important that Van Bronckhorst is going to want to build from the back is going to want a goalkeeper to come and take crosses and I, I think that's where John McLaughlin might be, be more handy in that sense and I think yeah. that's why 
he uh, he might just get the nod this weekend. I think I, I don't I don't think McGregor I don't think McGregor will play every game. I, I understand like home games against with all due respect, St. Martin, Ross County, St. Johnson, whatever. I, th- I think there is an argument to play McLaughlin in some of these games because Rangers are so high up the pitch. We see the way Celtic play now with, with Joe Hart, you know, almost like a kind of third centre back because yeah. you're so you're so far up the pitch. Um, you do need somebody that can play and build, and, and I accept that McLaughlin's better than McGregor in that in that sense. But I just think you. you you can't chop and change your keeper too much, you no know, week week to week. I think you need to almost make a statement and say who your number one is, and obviously we'll find that out on Saturday. And it is, it's fifty fifty. I've but I've just got, a, I don't know, I've just got a hunch that McGregor will start. I mean, we're only talking two months ago that Alan McGregor was playing in the Europa League final. I mean, I take your point, Andy, about he's maybe suited, you know, more to sort of the European arena and all that. But if two months ago he was good enough to be number one in a European final. If he then agrees to stay on and he what, signs a new deal, changed? that's what I'm. That's what I, I don't. What has changed? And I, and I take your point, Scott. That you know, John McLaughlin probably is not the quality to be the Rangers' number one goalkeeper. Therefore, I think as soon as Alan McGregor decided to stay, that changed everything for me. If Alan McGregor had left, I think then they would have brought in a, a new goalkeeper because I don't think John McLaughlin has what it takes to be the number one so they would have had to find someone of, of slightly higher standards I, I don't think if you keep alan mcgregor i don't think you make john mclaughlin number one i just i don't see any I, i'm not sure it'll be a case of who's number one i just think you'll see you know we saw it at times <coughs> excuse me um the season they won the league the closed all season where especially early on they shared responsibilities, you know, you know, until October, they probably played as much as each other then as it got into the business end of the season when there was big games coming up, obviously Gerard then resorted to playing Al McGregor pretty much week in, week out because he, he had to have somebody he depended on. I think just this season you're just going to see a greater share of the the games being spread out. I think you'll you'll see the two of them maybe no fifty fifty, but I, I think it'll be it'll be certainly more evenly spread than it has been the last the last year or so. I just I just don't know where that see just in terms and I know it's only online and I'm just going with Twitter and social media and stuff, but some of the stuff with Alan McGregor, I mean it's bordering on no disrespect well, disrespectful. I mean I seen I seen a poll, I think it may have just been yesterday, you know, in terms of fans, who do you want as number one? And it was like ninety percent for John McLaughlin. I mean I just, I just don't I've well, I've got no idea where that comes from. Honestly, it's I mean, there's no staggering. doubt. I was going to say the fans are split, but see, to be honest, maybe split isn't even. Uh, maybe that's not a fair assessment. Maybe you're. Maybe it is um, as as bad as that. Then, in terms of the feelings towards Alan McGregor, I didn't know it was that strong. I know yeah. when you make, I know a lot of people didn't want him to hang around. Um, but is is it not a case of just when somebody gets to that age that they can't just have a few bad games? You're finished, you know. Yeah. Because you're that age, it's like you know if he made if he made those mistakes last season and he was 25, they would say, "Well, it'll be fine. We'll go over them." Yeah, I've, I've seen guys moaning on social media at the weekend about two passes that he made in the second half against Spurs, completely ignoring the fact he's just pulled off. Four saves, yeah, well, against one of the best strike forces in Europe. Yeah, four saves that have kept Rangers in the game, but it's yeah. like, nah, f- forget that his passing was rubbish. Yeah. I mean, how, how many passes did 
John Lundstrom gear away against Spurs or James yeah. Tavernier. He, no, goalies on the, no, years ago goalies weren't even meant to pass, but we criticised them for a couple, of, yeah. a couple of bad passes. Listen, I, and by the way, I'm no, I'm not a dinosaur. I know keepers, the way keepers need to be now, and I yeah. know Alan McGregor's age, but my God, some of the stuff, yeah, some of the stuff I'm reading is just, just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. and, and again, and this is nothing against John McLaughlin, but there seems to be this thing built up that John McLaughlin's this great yeah. keeper and we're no, we're no getting much. Where, where has John McLaughlin been a great keeper? Yeah. For well, me, he's played with Hearts, Bradford and Sunderland yeah. in his career. Yeah. League, League One in England or Scottish well, Premiership. That, that's that's his level, I think. And yet, yeah, well, there's this narrative built up that this, yeah. guy's, this guy's the Rangers number one. Yeah, well, it's funny. Well, it's funny because the flip side is there was a few critical comments of John McLaughlin in the way from the West Ham game. I, I read where people were saying, "Oh, that just shows that he can't be number one." Well, well, listen, you're you're nitpicking, but I mean that the forty-five minutes they played in Portugal against Sunderland, he didn't cover himself in glory mm. for that goal. A guy that's <laughs> supposedly brilliant at coming off his yeah, line was all true. over the place for a Sunderland I, goal. So. Oh. Listen, that fans are fans are fickle. I, I get yeah. it, but as I, as I said at the start, I think it's it's went a wee bit too far. Rather McGregor, we, we know we know he's maybe only got a year left in him, but he proved on Saturday against Spurs. He proved enough times last season, whether it be in Europe, no, no, on a run to a European final and domestically that he can still be Rangers goalkeeper. And listen, as I say, the caveat to all of this. Is that my personal opinion? Is I think the time is right for Rangers to go and get a new goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. They've made they've made the decision not to, so they've they've got what they've got now in McGregor and and uh, McLaughlin. So Gio's got to got to decide who's his who's his main man. Andy, I mean, what do you think, Alan McGregor? We know from his interviews that he really does them, and when he does, they're very short and sweet. He's a hard guy to really, you know, get to know. He's just got that sort of deadpan straight down the middle. What do you think deep down he is thinking? If he was undecided about whether he wanted to stay on, how much do you think? What do you think his mindset is? How much hunger do you think is in there about, and, and how much of it maybe stems from criticism of him? And, and 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 also losing the league title last season because yes. why do you think you needed so much time to think about it? if you're really up for it you go you know I'm staying on here why did he what did he need to think about what's his mindset I think just judging from what he said I mean he he just thought I think he was you know all the people that he, around him that he spoke to just said play as long as you can because you're a long time retired and he seems to have have taken that decision I I think from his point of view I think. I don't think he'll be expecting to play every game. I, I don't. I think he'll be thinking as long as I can get myself in the right shape and, and play the big games. You know, I think that's you know. I don't think at his age he needs to be going up to Dingwall on a Wednesday night or you know going to Levinson in a you know a midweek or something like that. But I think what will get his juices flowing will be the thought of playing in old firm games and playing in big European games, right. getting back in the Champions League, having another crack at the Champions League. Okay. I think that'll be what what will be his mindset. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, even for his point of view, we've, all, I mean, we've obviously seen him step down from uh, playing for Scotland because he wanted to protect his body and make sure he was best shape possible uh, for, for playing for Rangers. So, you know, 
who knows? I mean, from his perspective, it might actually help him if John McLaughlin just takes a wee bit more of the load off him and just, you know, he can get himself prepared for the big games and just mm -hmm. allow, just to take a, you know, a wee bit of load off him. Um, you know, not have to maybe do, you know, some of the travel for the away games, you know, you know, going to Aberdeen, going to Dingwall. You know, if he can get take some of that load off, get mm -hmm. himself in the best shape for the for the big the big games. And that might help him form. You know, he did, he did play an awful lot last season. He probably played more last season than he did the year before. You know, when especially the early part of the season, it was a bit of a 50 50 split. You know, maybe that was part of the reason why he's formed up to be. But so, you know, for his point of view, I think as long as he thinks he's got a crack at playing the big games, that'll be what keeps him motivated. Scott, another big game player, Alfredo Morelos from Bronker said the other day, the open training day, uh, how much did it take you by surprise uh, when Van Bronker said he's confident that he'll hang around? Did you expect him? We have this every summer, but did you expect this to be the summer that he would finally move on, one year left in his deal, or did you think he would stay? I always had a hunch that he might stay, Gav, so I wasn't that surprised. Um... The longer it went, there's not really been, Andy will correct me for all, there's not been that much speculation about Alfredo Morelos this summer in terms of... Yeah, that's in the Seville stuff at the sort yeah, of beginning of the summer. Clubs in for him and stuff like that. So, I don't know, but a year left, obviously, decisions need to be made. And as I say, the longer the summer went on, I just did a hunch that, that Morelos might be about to sign a new deal and that, that could be that. No, the real big news for, for Rangers fans this summer and obviously the manager's comments the other day seem to suggest that that, that might be the case and, and what a boost for supporters getting into the new season if Morelos coming back you no know, fit again uh, kind of commits his future to the, to the club I think it would be a huge I think it would feel like a huge signing for, for Rangers if they can get Morelos tied up on another long term deal because you know, he's proved he's worth, he's another big contract, will take him up to eight, nine years probably at the club, you know, he'll end getting into kind of tavernier territory and you know, kind of almost like legendary status, he's already the club's all-time European top scorer, so I think it'd be a huge moment for him and for Rangers if he signed another, another deal, you know, this guy that came in there seems to have been speculation about him from the minute he walked in the door. Um, there's been a lot of controversy around him. No, he's no been, he's no done everything right. I think everybody would, would accept that. But no, he scored goals for Rangers, um, and he leads that line so well. The way, way Rangers have played you know, in the last few years, um, he's ideal for that position. He's ideal for Scottish football in terms of the, the kind of physical nature of it. So. I think it'd be a huge, uh, huge signing for Rangers if they can get Morelos tied up, and it looks as if that that might be the case. Are you not surprised, Andy, that there hasn't been more interest? Yeah, because um, I do think he's tailor made for um, down south. I, I think he he could play um, in Spain. You know, he could play a lot of these leagues abroad. I think he's proved with his performances in Europe, that he's um, a guy who's, you know, good quality, knows how to score. I think he's he's tamed a lot of the the sort of wilder hedges to his, his personality that, you know, caused controversy early on in his Rangers career. I think he's, he's, he's calmed a lot of that down now. Um, 
I think he's a he's a more rounded footballer now. Um, but I agree with Scott. I think I, you know, I think getting Ellis in the new deal would possibly be the biggest bit of business the Rangers could do this summer. You know, what I mean, I think arguably getting Golden to sign a four year deal is probably Rangers' best bit of business this summer uh, so far. Um, depending how these other guys go, but I think if you could get Ellis in a new deal, that would top the lot. Um, he's just that important. You saw. Um, the, the latter end of the season, you know, I, th- I think all Rangers fans will be sitting there, will, will have a, a wee nagging voice in the back of their head thinking what might have been in Seville had Morelos been fit and available. So um, I think if they can get him tied down, it would be huge. Um, I know that Celtic fans will will always remark that, you know, there always seems to be speculation, but nobody really comes in for, for Morelos and they'll, you know, throw wee jibes that way. But there's no doubt that Morelos has been a fundamentally key figure to what Rangers have achieved over the last few years, and without him, they're our worst side. So, if they can keep him, that would be a huge, a huge boost to Gio Van Bronckhorst. Because I'm also not quite sure that Cholak is the level that Morelos is at. I mean, I also saw Cholak more as a sort of replacement for an upgrade in Itton rather than somebody who would go in and challenge, yeah. challenge Morelos for that number nine jersey. But how much? How much would it cost, Gav, to go and? replace Morelos. I mean you're talking big big money to sign a ready made ready made striker replacement with the attributes that he's got and who can adapt very quickly to Scottish Scottish football and, and can I hit the ground run. I mean you're talking you're talking mega money the way valuations are now. So listen I agree I'm I'm slightly surprised that there hasn't been more interest from England in Morelos and if he doesn't sign a new deal in the next couple of weeks, who knows what, what might happen towards the end of the window. You know, if English clubs don't get the guys they're looking for, I think that's probably the way it works a lot of the time with Premier League clubs is that well, they go for kind of, you know, target number one, two and three and it doesn't quite happen for them. They then maybe look north of the border and see what they can see what they can pick up because they know, obviously, with the, the finances up here that um, they can probably get players a, a, wee, a wee bit cheaper than, than they normally would. I know that's beginning to change, but um, so if he doesn't sign, then I'm sure Geo and Rangers would be would be a wee bit nervous about it towards the end of the transfer window. But as I say, to replace Morelos would cost a lot of money. A big gamble on anybody coming in in terms of replacing the goals and the way he plays and the, you know how suited he is to Scottish football. So that's why I think it would just be a massive. Massive signing if he could go and sign a, a long term contract. That'd be quite a risk, wouldn't it, Scott? You know, if, if Rangers got in the last week of a window, potentially losing Morelos, that'll be the concern because as, as much as the Bassi and the Rebo money coming in means that they're not under pressure in that financial sense to sell, they can maybe, you know, if a deal comes in, a bid comes in, they can now hold off for a, a proper valuation. But yeah. to be sitting in the last week of a window searching to uh, replace your, your main striker, that's nightmare scenarios for, for Gio Broncos. so I think Scott's right, if they can get this tied up quicker, sooner rather than later, that would be best for all concerned, certainly from an Rangers point of view. Yeah. And just finally, Andy, so you're going over to Belgium next week, straight after Livingston, a few days, and it's the big one. Malmo, obviously, 12 months ago, was a huge disappointment failing to get into the Champions League or even get to the playoff round. Um, so Union San... Um, 
Union San Jalisa, I don't know how you pronounce it. Sorry, <laughs> Union. Well, your pronunciation rather than mine. Union San. SUD, I think I'm calling them. Gilwa, Gilwa, Gav. Gilwa, maybe that's it, right? Okay. In fact, we'll call them USG. <laughs> call them USG, but I don't know about you. I think the draw could have been worse. Well, it could, could have been worse and could have been better. Last season, they obviously phenomenal, uh, real kind of finished second in the league they were top of the league after the regular season so they would have been champions for the first time in god knows how many years i think it was their first season back in the top league their manager left in the summer he replaced vincent company and the like that so the, his assistant his assistant stepped up 40 year old i think so this is his first job in management they've lost a few of the players that did so well last season it looks on paper to be not a bad draw for Rangers. Yeah, I mean, could have been a lot worse in terms of some of the other teams that were in the heart. You know, avoiding Monaco was obviously, a, I suppose, would have been the priority. Um, but I don't think it will have too much feels for Rangers regardless. You know, they've obviously played some Belgian opposition uh, the last couple of seasons, um, standard uh, and... Uh, Standardly Edge and, and, and uh, Royal Antwerp. Yeah. Yeah. So they've, they've obviously played them and you know sort of took care of both those sides quite comfortably in the end. So um, I don't think this will have any great you know feels for them. Um, the only concern is that always well sides this time of season is just how prepared they are. You know we we saw that last year. Um, obviously Malmo were halfway through their campaign. That won't quite be the case with. Mm-hmm. With uh, this side next week, um, there's just they're, they're starting out as well. But you know, it's going to take Rangers a few weeks to get up to full speed, and you know, it's, it's just uh, it's the old cliche about just you know the most important games of the season coming before you're really up to speed. So Rangers will need to make sure that they're they're at it if, if, if as best possible. But um, you know, I, I certainly think in terms of the draw, it wasn't the worst, and um, you know, the Rangers should still. I'd be confident that they can, they can get through this tie. Yeah, you agree, Scott? I think so. I mean, it's a decent draw, but I mean, that this team will be no mugs. I mean, as you say, you don't get into, you don't finish top of the Belgian league, no. as you say, at the end of the regular season, if you're no, if you're not a decent side. I mean, you, Rangers will hope that, as you say, Gav, maybe the edge has just been taken off them, losing the manager, a couple yeah. of key, key players. That'll be the hope that they are they're almost kind of rebuilding again and, and they're at that, that kind of stage. Um, but, it's, I mean, it, listen, it's going to be difficult. It's a, it's a potential banana skin. I don't think you know, any Rangers fans should be taking the game lightly and thinking, right, let's look forward to the playoff round. It's going to be a proper tie. Um, I think going away will probably suit Rangers first. Mm-hmm. Old, old adage about just you know, making sure they're still in the tie to bring it back to to bring it back to iBox, but of course, you no, know, I expect them to I expect them to go through. Great. Right, okay, well listen, we won't keep you any longer. Thanks a lot for your time. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Enjoy your trip to Belgium, Andy, and um we'll speak again next week. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Gav. Cheers. Cheers.